0: Hello, Rebecca Mays here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news and social justice issues. I want to acknowledge that this program was recorded on the stolen lands of the Kulin Nation and that their sovereignty has never been ceded. This episode of Stick Together was produced on Jar Jar Country and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. It is brought to you on your local community radio station thanks to the Community Broadcasting Foundation. This week, we'll hear about the win for Lactalis workers in the regional Victorian town of Bendigo and concerns from the Renters and Housing Union about Victoria's big housing build. But first, some union news. <laughs> Maritime Union of Australia members working on Switzer Australia tugs have been undertaking limited forms of legally protected industrial action in response to the company's attempt to strip away workers' rights and conditions. Switzer Australia is owned by highly profitable multinational shipping conglomerate Maersk, the largest container ship and supply vessel operator in the world. Despite being on the cusp of finalising a new workplace agreement earlier this year, Svitsa management decided to use the COVID crisis to introduce 30 new claims that would slash the rights, conditions and job security of their Australian workforce. MUA members have refused to accept these unilateral attacks on their rights and conditions, which is why they are undertaking completely legal forms of industrial action in protest. At Port Botany, the industrial action does not cover towage, only operations at the birth. As a result, there will be no impact on any vessels being brought in or out of the harbour. More than 200,000 aged care workers are seeking a 25% pay rise in a landmark Australian case. If the case succeeds, all aged care workers, including personal carers, activities officers, catering, cleaning and administration workers, would see their pay rise by at least $5 per hour. The Health Services Union is seeking a pay rise in the aged care sector that would see a qualified personal carer receive $28.86 per hour, up from $23.09. Unlike enterprise bargaining in which employees and their unions seek pay rises from their employers, the case in the Fair Work Commission would allow the Industrial Tribunal to lift wages across the sector by varying the award. The case picks up a recommendation of Council assisting the Aged Care Royal Commission to seek higher minimum wages in the sector by arguing that the conditions, nature and skill of the jobs justify a pay rise. The starting rate for a personal carer is currently $21.96 per hour, just $2 higher than the national minimum wage. The union argues pay rates in aged care fail the Fair Work Act's requirement for a safety net of fair minimum wages. In its interim report, the Aged Care Royal Commission found the sector suffers from severe difficulties in recruiting and retaining staff. Workloads are heavy, it said. Paying conditions are poor, signalling that working in aged care is not a valued occupation. The HSU President Gerard Haynes said the aged care sector has relied for too long on the goodwill of an underpaid and insecure workforce of women. It's time for change, he said. Aged care workers are skilled. They provide care and support to our most vulnerable, to residents enduring episodes of sadness and at times anger. They should be recognised and paid for their skills. Calvary Bruce Hospital Cleaners escalated their fight for fair pay last Wednesday with the introduction of rolling one-hour bands on emptying bins and the replacing and refilling of toilet paper and hand towels. This comes after frontline workers postponed industrial action to return to the bargaining table. However, the company, Compass MediRest, has said they will only backpay cleaners once the agreement is registered, which can take months. After three years without a pay rise, workers cannot afford to wait and industrial action has recommenced. This process has made us feel disrespected, humiliated and undervalued by our employer. Stop playing with our emotions and don't take us for granted said hospital cleaner, Sonam Cholden. On Monday, Gordon Legal announced the settlement of the Robodebt class action subject to the approval of the Federal Court of Australia. The settlement reached with the Commonwealth of Australia means that if approved by the court since the commencement of the Robodebt class action, more than $1.2 billion in financial benefit will have been provided to approximately 400,000 group members. In settling the class action, the Commonwealth has not admitted that it was legally liable to group members. The total financial outcome achieved is made up as follows. The Commonwealth has agreed to pay $112 million in compensation to approximately 400,000 eligible individual group members, including legal costs. The Commonwealth is repaying more than $720 million in debts collected from group members invalidly and will continue to provide refunds. The Commonwealth has agreed to drop claims for approximately $398 million in debts it had invalidly asserted against group members of the class action. Subject to court approval, a settlement distribution scheme will provide that eligible individual group members' entitlements will be assessed and all amounts due to them be paid in 2021. The key element of a robo-debt is the evidence used by Centrelink to calculate the overpayment and establish that a debt is owed. Robo-debts are calculated by Centrelink applying average tax office payee income data across either part or all of the fortnights in which the recipient received payments, and by treating those averaged amounts as the recipient's actual earnings in the relevant debt period. Therefore, the robo-debt system often ignored what the person actually earned at the relevant time. The representative applicants argued that robo debts were invalid because the amount of social security payments a person is entitled to is based on how much the person actually earned when receiving payments, not the averaged ATO amounts. Because of this flaw, clients argued that Centrelink has no lawful basis for raising robo debt calculated on this basis. The union representing the public sector, including Centrelink and Services Australia workers, the CPSU, has welcomed the announcement stating that even before the scheme was rolled out, some members working in Centrelink were telling the department that the scheme was flawed and would cause serious problems. So the question of liability remains, as well as underlying questions about the automation of social services and the age-old question, what do we value? Is saving money really more important than supporting our fellow human beings? Robo-debt, cashless welfare, mutual obligations and the return to poverty level job seeker payments would suggest that the answer is yes. Saving money is more important to the government than people. The group Not My Debt's response to the settlement sums things up pretty well. This settlement does, however, mean that no minister, senior staffer or or, or departmental bureaucrat will be required to give evidence in court. No one in a position of power has lost their job over robodebt. No one has been held accountable, and it remains unclear how this callous automation of inequality was designed, approved, and maintained for years within the Australian system of government. You're listening to Stick Together, Worker Stories and Union News, broadcast around the country every week on the Community Radio Network. Congratulations to Lactalis Bendigo factory workers who voted to accept a revised company offer last Saturday after 10 days on strike. Maintenance workers, electricians and workers on the production line Downed tools over pay and conditions, saying that they were worse off than lactarless workers at other sites. I went down to the picket line on Thursday and spoke with Craig, one of the workers striking for a fair deal. So, how many days have you been on the picket so far? Uh, it's
1: a week today. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah, a week today.
0: Yeah, and you've got some pretty good media coverage already, like in yeah, the local yeah, area. Yeah,
1: news and things like that, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, have you been here every day? Uh,
1: for one or two days, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. every night i come down because i'm a night shifter okay i've been i've had me days off but i came in so mm. yeah you just gotta yeah be patriotic and, and with the cause don't you so yeah, yeah.
0: and what are your demands
1: yeah. oh we just want uh, a fairer deal um and for casuals and for the the permanent workforce uh looking at a higher rate of pay mm. compared to our achuka dairy and a roval dairy you know we're yeah. in the middle and we we'll like the meat in the sandwich we You know, we don't get a fair deal.
0: And why do you think that is? They're
1: just... I don't know. They've been, for many, many years, the workforce has been pretty weak. Scared, I think, because, you know, because you're in the region and Mm. there always isn't a lot of jobs. And I I think it scares a lot of people off, like, fighting for a better deal. Yeah, because they're they're scared of losing their jobs. Yeah, exactly. There is jobs here. It's just... uh, they do use scare tactics. Look, it's not a bad paying job, but compared yeah. to our other dairies, yeah. you know, with the shifts and that you do and the time yeah. you don't see your family, you're at work all the time. It's yeah. so after a fairer deal for the permanent force and 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 the casuals trying to get them on permanent and
0: how long have you worked
1: here i've been here i'm in my 23rd year
0: wow yeah and it would have changed so much oh it has yeah it
1: was awesome when we started yeah
0: can you tell me a bit about that
1: oh just the the people and the way it was it was more relaxed like you never even clocked on when i started here Mm. it was just trust they trusted you yeah and you sort of knew everybody Mm -hmm. and now there's new faces all the time they turn the workforce over through the, ca- the casual scheme that they got going. Yeah,
0: so at the beginning, were there a lot of casuals?
1: Like... Yeah, well, I was casual for a number of yeah. years, probably five, four or five years, and eventually we got put on permanent, it was good.
0: Has there been more casualisation over time? Yeah, there time? has.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, look, see, I'm, I'm in the transport side of it. Okay. And um, I, I think in the factory, there's, there's a lot more Casuals, isn't there? Yeah. yeah Today we had a big really, meeting, and really there's heaps of casuals there, and it's great. And it's good for them mm. if they get their permanent job; it of gives course. them a job of security. Yeah, yeah, And and it's great, you know. And now we've had all types of people coming down, people that don't even work here. Yeah. Dropping in to give you support from other dairies or other communities great. coming down, you know, it's great. It's good, you know. Yeah. Community the, the, support. Yeah, the sort the solidarity good. with everyone. Yeah. It's great, you know. Yeah. So what do you get up to? Just uh, you know, just having a chat about different things. Yeah. Uh, you know, about what's going on, and then you, you know, talk about what you've been doing or whatever, you know. Yeah. Just being here, just supporting each other. Yeah. So and over the
0: week, has there been any
1: progress? Oh, there has, but we're not accepting it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not yeah. not good enough. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so they just gotta hang on and try and get a bit more.
0: Yeah, and yeah. have you done a picket before in your 23 years?
1: That you've no, we, we only came, went out on strike one yeah. day, and the at la- the last minute it was, yeah, they came yeah. to the party. Yeah. But that was many years ago now, so this is the first time we've been on strike. I was actually surprised. Mm. I didn't think the people would have, you know, like I was saying about you know, jobs in, in central Victoria and that. Yes. I didn't think people would have the, the balls to sort of do it. But yeah. they did, know it was really impressed, yeah. Mm. It was good.
0: Yep. It's awesome having scabby here,
1: hey? <laughs> oh, scabby, <you're> right, yeah. <laughs> so good. Scabby.
0: Yeah, it's such a, you know, iconic thing as well, mm. like, yeah, yeah. people driving past yeah, it yeah. just be like, what is going on yeah. there?
1: <laughs> scabby. That's like, yeah. So have
0: they tried to get any scabs in or?
1: Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, we've had a few trucks in but yeah. we sort of couldn't do nothing about that at the start and they've cleaned the cool room out now so there's nothing in there
0: And how's the union density in the workplace? Is
1: everyone on board? Or that's oh no, not? there's a few yep. people that aren't in the union yep. but they've received the benefits that's where I'm a yeah, great believer, course. you don't want to be in the union, that's fine but yep. don't take what the union and the and the, the people mm. get, they're the fired yep. for, you know um, there should be a, you should be taking the federal award if that's your attitude Yeah well, it's only twelve, thirteen dollars a week. Mm. you know, and it's just for your protection too. If something yeah. happens, you got the union there to yeah, fight for you. You know. Yeah.
0: yeah. Has doing this built more solidarity between? Yeah, I think
1: it has, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it has. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah.
0: So when and you had the meeting, how many people came
1: down? Oh, probably. What do you reckon? Seventy, eighty. Yeah. Yeah. And today. how many workers are there? Oh. Yeah. yeah, something like That's that. Cool. Yeah, it's oh, hard for right. everyone to come, I suppose. Of the kids and yeah, all that sort of stuff. And but, like, you get to know people that you see every day and have for years, and you don't even know their names. Yeah, true. You know, and you get yeah. to know them. That's it, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a good sort of thing. It's just like a big family. Yes. You know. Yeah. But,
0: yeah. That's great. <laughs> you think it'll
1: escalate a bit over time? Oh, I, I, I think it will. We've to work next week, probably. What okay. do you reckon? <laughs> I reckon that we'll get an agreement maybe next week. Yeah. But know I, I don't really know but that's what it, my thoughts are yeah it's are pretty important company here like the, the factory yeah. with the products they make and coming up to Christmas yeah
0: like what kind of oh uh, it's the they? sour
1: cream and the yep. and the um, the squeeze tube yogurts and yeah uh, the the, the, the uh, custards and things like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah so hot fill custards and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff yeah so yeah they need us back on the boards
0: yep.
1: yeah yeah. Well,
0: they've been giving overtime to the people in the other factories. Yeah, well, other yeah but some of
1: them no? they can't make. They oh. can't make it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So I think we'll get a resolution. Sure yeah. Enough. Yeah. I don't mind having a couple of days off. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, it's great. Look, it's been fun. today yeah. you know, With the people. Yeah, yeah. You know, just like I said, talking and having a chat and yeah. a bit of a laugh and that. It's good. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I think we've had a few different people from different unions and that sort of drop in and, and cool. uh, you yep. know, other people and other, uh, even overseas I think we got a blessing the other week from Germany or something.
0: Great, you know, yeah. Just
1: before the strike, just to, yeah, okay. yeah yes. from Lake Palace because they're worldwide. Ah, yes, yes. Yeah, but they're worldwide, mm. so. So yeah. workers all over the
0: world are <laughs> solidarity, yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah,
1: that's it. Yeah. yeah. One cause, isn't it, really, yeah, in isn't fairness, that's all, yep. a better deal than, you know, yeah. and, yeah. They're making plenty of cash. Yes. So I I believe you stand up for your rights and fight it, like, you know, for a fair deal. That's all
0: we want. Craig was right. A couple of days later, workers signed a new agreement winning guarantees on job security, increasing permanent jobs by 30, and strengthening the casual conversion clause, as well as an average annual increase of 6.47% over a two-year and nine-month period. United Workers Union organiser Tom Check said Lactalis workers invested a lot in their company and they want it to be reciprocated. Workers wanted a commitment for Bendigo and they have won. with secure permanent jobs for the future and a commitment that Lactalis will not shut the site, including a $20 million investment for the Bendigo factory, he said. Workers are feeling good today. They stood united and there was so much community support. The people of Bendigo brought food and firewood to the striking workers and even put up placards in their front lawns. This is a win for the whole community. Stick
1: together. together.
0: Stick together. Together. Stick Stick together. together. Stick together.
1: Stick Stick together.
2: Stick together. Stick
1: together. Stick together. together. You're listening to Stick Together on Community Radio. Unions should not just be about so-called bread-and-butter unionism. Uh, unions have got to be concerned with the world. Arise, ye prisoners of starvation. Fight for your own
2: emancipation. Arise, ye slaves of every nation. In one
1: union grand our living.
0: We just heard about the win for workers at the Lactalis factory in Bendigo and the importance of community support. On Sunday, the Victorian state government committed $5.3 billion towards building 12,000 social housing homes throughout Melbourne and regional areas. I spoke with Jessie from the Renters and Housing Union about the announcement and how to decipher it.
2: Yeah, so uh, my name's Jessie. I go by Jessie James Francis in the organisation. I'm a Rahu organiser and media officer. I've been with Rahu um, since August and we've been sort of consolidating the union around... 10 demands and one of our demands is around public housing and the importance of public housing, especially when compared with social housing, community housing and affordable housing and other schemes that operate in the same sphere. So yesterday's announcement was um, not not altogether surprising one, but it was, it was definitely a big one and we have had a, a lot of conversations in the union leading up to yesterday with um, our members who are public housing residents now or who have been previously we've also been talking quite a lot with the safe public housing collective
0: i know this is probably a question you get asked all the time but what's the difference between social housing versus public housing versus yeah all these different labels
2: to be honest, when I came into the union, I didn't know. And um, I've really feel like I've really had like the curtains ripped back a little bit to realise the difference. But public housing is owned by the government and the public housing estate is managed by the government. There's a really high level of accountability there. So the tenancy is really stable. The rent is capped at 25% of the resident's income. So if the income is zero, then you pay zero. So it's, really, it's quite safe if you lose your job if you're in precarious employment. And the other schemes that come into play are community housing, which is where the housing is managed by a not-for-profit organization generally. But the housing stock can actually be owned by a property developer. It could be owned by a corporation. It could be owned by private interests. Sometimes it's owned by the the not-for-profit org as well. Sometimes there's lots of companies involved. And when you're in community housing, there, there are regulations, but the tenancies are not lenient in the same way. There isn't the same level of accountability. And I guess something that we just keep hearing from our members is that there seems to be quite a lot of exploitation of that by different organisations in terms of how they're able to treat their tenants and the leniency that they're not interested in applying when tenants have changes in income. It's also affordable housing and this is a private contract which has different levels of rent payments and different levels of income support from the government but it's a private contract it is generally made available to very low low and moderate income earners and the statement from the premier yesterday didn't actually include very low it just said low to moderate income earners so we can presume that the 2,900 affordable homes that they're talking about there are not going to be available to the public housing waiting list so we What will be available is the remainder, which is around 9,300 houses, which are split between community and public housing, but there's no clarity around how many of those are actually public housing. And we're very concerned that that lack of clarity suggests that they might actually be significantly going to community housing, going to property developers, going to private interests that are managed by very well-meaning organisations, but at the end of the day, don't have the same security for the tenants that the public houses do.
0: Yeah and also they are making profit out of taking these contracts right
2: there are a lot of possibilities on the table for developers to make it more lucrative a lot of these community houses are actually built into like a it's called a social mix model which is a mix of private apartments and also community houses in the same building so this makes sure that the building overall remains really profitable and lucrative and attractive for developers it's not supported by any evidence that that's good for building community with the people in community houses and in fact a lot of people have been displaced from the public houses that they were previously in from communities that they built sometimes really long-standing networks and communities and placed in these new mixed model buildings without those community connections which is actually really detrimental as displacement always is really, really detrimental to like mental and physical health for those residents. What I keep hearing from members that I've spoken to is that if you get public housing and it's good, you hold on to it and you can stay yeah. there. And so members know when they're in good public housing, there's not the risk that they're going to get kicked out and they are able to stay there and sort of build up their community networks around them. But, you know, I spoke to a member today who was on an affordable housing contract that transitioned to a private contract that she wasn't even aware of. And suddenly she wow. was like, of her income to rent. She was threatened with arrears and eviction when she was unwell and wasn't able to pay rent. So we see this kind of thing come up quite often where it's just as opaque to the residents as it is to all of us trying to understand the jargon. Those moments are the moments that are quite exploitable for the market, unfortunately. So all of these
0: community housing and public housing and affordable housing are they all under the umbrella of social housing?
2: Yes, they are all under the umbrella of social housing. Yes. Yeah. So
0: when the social housing label gets used, it could mean any of those things.
2: What we know from the statement yesterday, because it was specific to separate out affordable houses, we know that it was 9,300 public and community and 2,900 affordable houses. At the moment, they're looking at taking and reworking 1100 public housing buildings so what does it mean for those residents what does it mean for the public housing residents who've already been moved out of their blocks as part of the housing renewal project that remains to be seen the devil is in the detail and we just haven't seen the details we hope that some of these contracts are not set in stone we hope that there's still time to put pressure on the government we know that there are members of parliament who are already putting pressure on the government so we will continue to as much as we can give them the data and the conversations and the connections that they need to make these choices because they will have significant effects on the quality of life of people living in housing in the next 10 years in this state. It's it's a massive investment. It's a huge amount of money. It's a huge commitment. That's really exciting. We just want the state government to be accountable for where it's going and for it not to be lining developers' pockets. It's really important that it goes back to providing a good quality of life for the residents.
0: The waiting list for public housing is out of control. Have they built any public housing recently, or is the kind of is it a move towards more community housing?
2: The move is yeah. definitely towards more community housing. With the Public Housing Renewal Program, there's been a massive privatisation of public land, a very small increase in public housing, a reduction in the number of public housing beds, like an actual reduction in the number of bedrooms, and they mm. haven't built a unit in the last six years. So absolutely, <laughs> the public Housing Renewal Pro- Program has, yeah. has not been a success.
0: So how can people help and support Rahu?
2: If you are interested in getting involved and advocating for yourself and advocating for other people in housing, you can join the union on the website at Rahu. rahu.org.au. There are different tiers of membership to make it affordable for everybody. The more people that we have who are interested in speaking about their own experience, the more able we are to do really deeply informed grassroots work in terms of making change. At the moment, we are a Victorian-based organisation and we are responding to the Victorian legislation. Um, We are keen to build branches and we're keen to build regional Victorian branches too. So this is all in the pipeline, hoping that we will have more help that we can offer to the rest of the country in the next year. Yeah, it's funny. We've been talking about this internally as this idea of the new unions, like Rahu and the unemployed workers union. Which, oh. of course, are not new at all. Like, there's a yeah. <laughs> massive history of like unemployment unions and renters unions and tenants unions. But there's been this real move in Australia towards our our unions, I suppose, because Labor's not a secure force at the moment, especially during a pandemic. Many people have become unemployed. Many people are relying on a rental property. The property market market is increasingly out of reach for people to enter. So we're looking at lifelong renters and a nation of renters. And so in addition to labor unions, there are metrics by which we need to find and support the people who've been excluded from the protections and also the halls of capital. And renters is one of those ways and unemployment is one of those ways. So I think it's really important to remember that there are people who are excluded from unionizing by traditional labor movements. And and that's who we're for.
0: That's it for Stick Together this week. Thanks for listening and thanks to Craig and Jessie for taking the time to speak with us. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au and you can contact the producers of the show at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com or by calling 03 9419 8377 and leaving us a message. Remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, there's a union for you. I'm Rebecca Mays. Catch you next time.